Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? De Niro will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today I'm here with Stefan Arstall. Stefan is a Shark Tank winner and he's the author of the Five Hour Workday Lift Differently, Unlock Productivity, and Find Happiness. He's the CEO and founder of Tower, a holistic beach lifestyle company where Mark Cuban is an investor. His company started selling paddle boards direct to consumer and was the fastest growing company in San Diego. Today, we'll talk about management and productivity. So let's get into it right now. All right, Stefan, thanks a lot for being here at the remote CEO. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No worries at all. Actually, um, I'm very excited to have you on the show because we're big into productivity and uh, and you know doing more things in less time. We're gonna get to it in a minute, but before we get there, can you tell us how you got started with your business? Uh, you know, well, I've been in the on- online space since 1999, and I worked for another company for about five years, and then I started a company called uh, BuyPokerChips.com, selling uh, you know high-end poker chips uh, direct to consumers. And then um, in 2010, I started my current business, which is a tower. And it started with uh, tower paddle boards. And then we were, we were funded by Mark Cuban on Shark Tank in uh, 2011. Um, and since then, it's been, you know, quite a ride. That's super cool. Super cool. And really, I want to talk about direct to consumer market because before 1999, before the internet, how did that work? Was it just uh, like, I, I guess you started 1999. So you leveraged the internet, like you said, but before that direct to consumer was not that big, was it? Yeah, no, I mean, that's really what the internet has brought about. I mean, they had mail order companies, yeah. uh, but as soon as it was online and you could do this, uh, you know, a lot more efficiently. Um, and so really, I wasn't in a direct-to-consumer company per se until I would say 2010. Uh, the, the poker chips, we just didn't have any distribution, but that wasn't intentionally direct-to-consumer. It was kind of the only way to sell them. Uh, but mm-hmm. then in 2010, that's when Warby Parker started. Um, you know, a few years before that, I think Bonobos. So right about that time is when we started the direct-to-consumer paddleboard company. And now we have... Uh, We've uh, diversified into tower electric bikes, so direct-to-consumer e-bikes, so half-price products, basically. And and that's actually what I wanted to talk about because before the recording today, you were telling me that you're able to actually cut the cost in half for the consumer, um, and that really gave you like an explosive growth. I'm assuming at the beginning, right? Yeah, when we came into the paddleboard market, so there were probably 80 brands in the market, but you know, probably 77, 78 of them. We're competing for four or five spots in retail stores. Um, so that was sort of a, a bloodbath of competition. And, you know, paddleboards were selling for 1200 to 1600 bucks. So we went direct to consumer, opted out of all of that. And, you know, we can sell them. We start selling for like 500 to 
That's super cool. Super cool. And uh, you now, right now, you're doing electric bikes and you're also doing something else as well in San Diego, right? At event spaces, you said? Yeah. So we've diversified. Um, you know, we're trying to make our company anti-fragile. Uh, you know, the, the retail yeah. space is moving very fast. So you have to have uh, sort of really low cost. Your burn rate has to be super low. Um, so we, how we've achieved that is, you know, we have tower paddle boards and then we started tower electric bikes. We share, you know, the same customer service, the same warehouse, the same marketing team across two brands. So basically we're able to operate at half the cost of anybody that we compete with that just converts, competes in one vertical. And then in the offline world, we've um, diversified there too, in case, you know, Amazon eats the world online. Um, we'll still have offline businesses. And so we, we have uh, an event space called the Tower Beach Club. It's about a 4,500 square foot uh, waterfront uh, event space that we just sort of retrofitted a kayak shop, built a big you know, patio, made it sort of high-end event space. We put about 300,000 into it. Um, and now we office out of the back and do our uh, pop-up retail for our direct-to-consumer brands in there. And um, so instead of paying rent, now we collect rent because we can rent the thing out for 6,000 bucks a day. Um, and then we've also diversified our e-bike company in the tower e-bike repair shop here in San Diego. Um, you know, there's probably 500 brands of e-bikes competing out there and a lot of them are crappy. And so when they break, you know, we'll repair them. So yeah. uh, we're diversifying online and offline. That's super cool. That's amazing. Listen, and you've done all this with a very interesting uh, business model, not only on the front end, on the consumer side, but also the way you run the business itself. And you wrote a book about this. It's called the five hour work day. Is that correct? Yeah. So we, uh, we kind of invented the five hour work day in 2015 uh, with an experiment we did. Uh, initially, it was a three month experiment, but it worked so well that we just continued to do it full time uh, for about two years. And then after that, we went to summers only where we do it for four months in the summer during our busy time to squeeze people for time. And um, it's, it's worked very well. And I um, mean, the reason we did that, it sort of aligns with our brand. I mean, we're a beach lifestyle brand, you know, work hard, play hard. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, uh, 2014, we were the number one fastest growing private company in San Diego. And then the next year, we were number 239 on the Inc. 500 of America's fastest growing companies. So we had, you know, a small team with five people doing 5 million in, in, in revenue. We proved we could grow. Now we wanted to sort of live more authentic to our brand because we felt that is what was needed to build, you know, a hundred million dollar brand, um, that authenticity. That's awesome. Listen, do you mind digging a bit deeper into how the five hour workday structured, how it works and why it's so awesome for productivity and for your team members? Yeah, I mean, so, I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for like 15 years. And it's kind of how I was working. I come into the office and just, you know, knock my work out and then get out of there. And so if you if you work in a very productive manner, it uh, affords you this sort of extraordinary lifestyle. You know, a lot of what you're doing is this type of work, right? Um, it's not just going in and clocking hours. Um, and so uh, really what I wanted to do is I wanted to get a, a company of a bunch of people like myself and, you know, my entrepreneurial peers that seem to be thriving in this economy. So I was, I was trying to figure out a way that we could uh, get their motivations uh, to align with that of like an entrepreneur. So when we did the test, I said, okay, we're going to work from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. straight through, no lunch. And uh, I'm going to give you your life back. So you're going to walk out the door at one o'clock every day. So you're going to have, you know, nine, 10 hours every day. And then you have your weekends, which is really sort of a work week better than most people's vacation weeks when, you know, when they roll out of bed at noon in Cabo. And so I'm going to give you your life back. 
And the ask is that you have to be as productive. You just have to figure it out as productive or more productive than you were before, or you're going to get fired and I'm going to find somebody who can do it. And so that was it. It was just, you know, the entrepreneurial motivation, which is, uh, you know, you figure out how to compress your time. And if you don't get it figured out right, you're going to go out of business. That makes total sense. And I'm assuming that, well, first off, you guys are in San Diego, so I can just imagine everybody's like, we're awesome. We're just going to go and, and, and have fun. Um, but at the same time, I was actually wondering on, on your end, would, were you able to convert every single one of the people there? I don't know now how big your team is, but uh, were you able to convert most people on this five-hour workday or were there some people that were still struggling that you had to let go? No, everybody was, everybody did it. And this was in our uh, warehouse. So the shipping people, you know, uh, the retail function, uh, and we answered the phone in five hours, the marketing people, everybody just sort of fit with it. You know, for some people, it didn't uh, necessarily work. We did have to get rid of some people. Some people left on their own. Um, mm. You know, the, the whole, whole sort of premise here is that um, we would be able to attract and retain people that worked at five times the speed of, yeah. you know, the regular worker. Um, that didn't actually work. Um, so we were able to attract uh, pretty good people before <laughs> this. Um, but, you know, a couple of years into this, I had like half my team leave. I had like a team of nine and I had four people leave within, uh, you know, three, three month period. And it, it's like they didn't seem to care about the five hour workday. So, you know, young people in their 20s making good money working a five hour workday and they're leaving. And so I just came to the conclusion that this wasn't actually a motivating thing. It wasn't a way to keep people to attract and retain people. I mean, that is really more about your company culture. And I think uh, part of the five hour day broke our company culture because, uh, you know, when people are, you know, work is just this thing you do before uh, lunch, uh, it becomes a much smaller part of your life. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to being in a startup where you're working these long hours in the trenches, you form very strong bonds Bond, with yeah. one another. And it's hard to leave those companies. And I think it's very easy to leave uh, you know, a company that's just this thing to do before noon. So that was an unintended circumstance. So then we got away from it full time and we just do it in the summers. Okay, makes total, total sense. Listen, I actually wanted to ask you, and sorry if I keep on hammering on this exact point. First off, your book, uh, like you wrote an entire book on this. So like, that's why I wanted to pick your brain. But at the same time, I wanted to ask you, do you find that, uh, because my audience love talking about uh, productivity and, and how to really hack the day, do you find that you had to do something like Brian Tracy says, eat the frog in the morning, the hardest thing in the day, and then you slowly start tackling things that are a bit easier? Or do you just just go in and work on the first thing that you find on your desk, so to speak. I mean, I think a little planning uh, before what you're going to do for the day works, uh, but I don't, I don't sort of overanalyze that. Um, you know, what I've found is just with the five hour workday, it's, it's no magic thing. It's just a, it's just a constraint we put upon people. It's like finals week and you just force them and it forces you to think about how you're working. It's an unrealistic constraint. Okay. It, it kind of like, you know, the pandemic. Okay. Now you can't commute to work. Uh, your workers are all going to be remote. You can't travel for business. You can't do a bunch of these things that you used to do. Mm -hmm. Now figure out creative solutions to, uh, to get around yes. that. And th those so um, constraints force creative uh, solutions. And when you're, when you're trying to figure out productivity, you want to put time constraints on things and it will force you to find productivity. So there's not some recipe of productivity. Like we didn't bring in productivity experts and show the shipping guys how to do this and the marketing guys how to do this. Everybody figured out their own thing. I mean, like the shipping department within six weeks 
they all of a sudden started tracking like how long it took them to ship a package. They didn't, we didn't even know that information before. And it turned out it was about five minutes a package. And then they basically, they, they were using shop software called ShipStation. So it's not like we were a backwoods company. We were already using mm-hmm. productivity software, but they really yearned, learned how to use it and learned how to right. optimize it. And then they reorganized the warehouse and they sort of did these like spaghetti trail, you know, timing things. And within six weeks, they got it down to 2.6 minutes per package, almost half. Okay. We'd been shipping this retarded way for five years <laughs> just because we had never thought about it. Right. Because there was no time constraints. It's very true. Like, t- like generally speaking, like you said, work really, you know, it takes you, if, if you give yourself uh, an hour to do something, it'll take you an hour and you'll sip a cup of coffee, you'll go for a walk or whatnot. If you only have 15 minutes, you'll find a way to make it happen in 15 minutes. That's very, very true. Um, Stefan, I just wanted to know, are you working on anything exciting right now? Can you get our listeners excited on, uh, excited on something that you're working? Uh, what, what's ahead? So it sounds like you have kind of an entrepreneurial audience. So one, one interesting project we've done, um, we were like a poster child for selling at Amazon. And actually, mm-hmm. the latest book that just came out on Jeff Bezos, we've, it was about a page on our company in there. Um, we got away from Amazon, though. No. Uh, we started walking away in about 2017. That ship had kind of sailed. It just doesn't seem like there's the opportunity to be profitable there for anybody but Amazon in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. We started to walk away, um, and obviously, we're direct consumer brands with our tower paddle boards and tower electric bikes. Um, you know, those are two big categories, but there's thousands of categories in the direct consumer world. So, we've created another site called nomiddleman.com, which is yeah. an aggregation of all of the best, uh, all of the top direct consumer brands worldwide. And we've uh, it's a curated list. We've probably got four or five hundred brands in there across about three thousand categories. If you look on like an Amazon, there's probably about 14 or 15,000 categories of, you know, everything sold on her basically. And um, so we're building this, this index, this curated index of these brands. And it's just information. You can go on there and then, you know, see the top three to five people who make direct consumer sneakers or whatever, and then go buy direct from them. So we don't take any cut of that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of empty categories in there. So if you have entrepreneurial audience, they can go on there and you can sort of scout around and see like, where are some, some voids where there's no brand direct consumer brands really attacking that market. That's awesome. Stefan, it was awesome having you on the show. I know it was a short interview, but definitely impactful. And I'll remember for a very long time, where can people find you online, man? Uh, you know, just our websites. We're a small company. So go to towerpaddleboards.com, towerelectricbikes.com. Um, and, you know, you can email anybody and you can reach out to us on social media. Um, all of our stuff is at Tower Beach Club. Um, even though that's our, our beach club event space, it, it really encompasses all of the tower brands. It's all under the beach lifestyle, you know, stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Again, Stefan, thanks a lot for being at the remote CEO and I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. And this is it for today. CEOs, thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.